0: Hey, welcome back to another episode of the Pothole Pastors Podcast. I'm Joey. And I'm Adam. We're back. So Adam, we've been apart for, I mean, it's not been, like five days, I think. <laughs> yeah, but it seems. Like- but normally we have a lot more interaction because yeah. you've been watching our dog. Right. And you come over on Tuesday nights to our services and stuff. Right. And this week has been a little off so it seems like we haven't seen each other for a while but it's not been that long
1: it does yeah and i had planned coming tuesday night service that you guys usually have and i fell asleep on the couch which is a really bad excuse <laughs> but um to be fair i was at a conference all day for church so yeah but i mean it's not like i really do anything i just sit there <laughs> yeah.
0: but um but yeah it has been a minute well so. speaking of that adam what would jesus do if you <laughs> Would Jesus fall asleep on the couch and skip a service that was spiritual?
1: Uh, I don't know what Jesus would do, but we actually had a... So I run the website for the church that I work at. and Because so, when I got there to the church, started working, the website was like a few years old, needed updated. So I updated it, and now when somebody visits our website... There's like a message board. So like if you want to leave a message, get more information, you can. And then when I go onto the like website domain, like as the admin, it shows me there's a message. So I went to update the website this past week and I had a little like notification saying somebody had messaged us. And I always get kind of excited because I thought, "Oh, maybe somebody's interested like in our church, you know, or something." And so I opened it up and somebody has sent us a message like last month, which I felt bad because I had missed it. But um, so many people might not know, but our church is located right next to Starbucks on McGalliard and Muncie. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of people park in our parking lot and go over to Starbucks and get right. coffee. And so we have signs up uh, in the parking lot saying like church parking only, other people will be towed at their expense or whatever it says. Um, And the reason we have that is for liability issues. Um, We've actually had a few people like almost get hit walking from our parking lot to Starbucks just because the driveway into Starbucks is kind of narrow and awkward. Um, And if somebody were to get hurt, our church could be liable since like they parked on our property. Right. Anyways, so this guy messaged us, and I think he was from Phoenix, because his phone number, like the zip code, said it was from Phoenix. Unless and he gave a fake number, I guess. That's true, yeah. <laughs> but um so I'm guessing he's an out of towner. I'm not sure. But anyways, he came, parked in our parking lot, and was gonna go to Starbucks, and he saw our sign up, and he said he was a Christian, and he was pretty nice in the comment but he was just saying how disgusted he was that the church had a sign up that people couldn't park there unless they were going to the church cuz he thought oh this is convenient like people can park here and go to Starbucks but the church is like prohibiting that and so he said in the message like i just couldn't help myself but think what would jesus do would he let people park here you know and go to Starbucks cuz i think they would or i don't remember exactly what he said but um but i guess like he he messaged me about it, thought that it was it would be the right thing for the church to do to let people park there and go over, and kept I mean, he said, "What would Jesus do like multiple times <laughs> in the email. And he was really nice. So I calmly and nicely responded back and said, "Hey, thanks for messaging us, but there's a reason we have the sign, and I explained why. And he was real polite and whatnot. But I don't know. It's like people pull that like, what would Jesus do card?" And it's like, well, I'm not really sure exactly what Jesus would do, but I think you'd also have common sense.
0: (laughs) Well, and I, I, okay. So I think, (laughs) I need to be careful what I say, what I think. (laughs) I think people use that as a crutch because they feel like Christian or like following Jesus or being a Christian equals being kind and accommodating and hospitable and nice and non-confrontational all the time, which is partially true, right? But let's just, let's change the scenario a little bit. You, your personal house, you know, your property, you live, you know, next to Starbucks and you have a nice long driveway, maybe a, a wide driveway or something. And people just started parking there because they heard you were a Christian and so they're going to park in your property and in fact they even started pro- parking on your grass a little bit. So now you're getting divots in the grass, but hey, what would Jesus do? You know, and <laughs> and I think it shows the ridiculousness of that of that outrage, if you want to call it quote unquote outrage. You know, I'm right. using I'm using air quotes here because first of all, is that worth being outraged about that <laughs> right. that anywhere would put a sign up saying don't park here? Right. Because like it or not, we live in America. We're allowed to do that. Right. You know, and I can't be mad at same thing for Starbucks. Like we can't, if there was like a mass of people for whatever reason from the church parking at Starbucks, they have every right to say, hey, you can't park here right? because you're taking spots away from our customers for, you know, right. um, and what else is kind of infuriating too is like people, they don't listen to those signs anyway. They park there anyway all the time. Right. And, but because we have those signs, I think we're, I think we are legally covered because we say don't do it, you know? So they're illegally parking there, but they also tear up the, the asphalt and the parking lot and Starbucks has not one time offered, or even, I even think maybe we, I shouldn't say that. I don't think, I don't know if the if the church ever approached them or not, but I could almost guarantee you that they wouldn't contribute to help have that like you know repaved and I think that's just that's an interesting yeah, yeah. what would Jesus do because it's like well what what yeah you tell me exactly <laughs> you tell me what would Jesus do you know like how can we possibly even know that
1: right and like for me from my personal stance obviously I'm just the youth pastor so like I don't really have a whole lot to say yeah. you know but like me personally I would love to be accommodating but i also see, i think it's smart cuz it's like what if someone does get hurt you know what i'm saying like that to me that's common sense but like i know the church has gone to starbucks before in a very nice way and i think we've even tried to like make some deal as far as like cuz i think we have property behind starbucks and so i think we've talked about maybe trying figuring something out with that like we've been nice and accommodating and starbucks has been nice too it's just i mean how are you going to stop customers you know, you just can't. You know, it's hard. Yeah, without so, putting
0: like security guards right, and yeah. like guarded gate. You know, like the what what you know the things that get you in and out of the parking oh, garages, like right, the, like yeah. the, the arms. You know, the mechanical <laughs> yeah. arms. But yeah. it's just, and out of all the things, right? <laughs> you're gonna spend doing in your life probably as you're standing in line getting your frappuccino. <laughs> yeah, you go on this website, and I'm gonna complain. That you said I can't park in the spot that I probably did park in. (laughs) (laughs) You know, this guy probably did park in the spot. I'm sure he did. Yeah. It's just, that's ridiculous. Well, that's your catch up, I guess. Yeah, that's interesting. It is. (laughs) Yeah, I drove a lot this week. So I went to Columbus, Indiana on Sunday, left my backpack there. And so Monday was my day off. I took Monday off because I normally take Wednesdays off, but this week I couldn't. So I didn't touch my backpack. That's my all my work stuff in there. I didn't touch it on Monday. You know, I took Sabbath down and I got ready, had devotion time breakfast on Tuesday morning. It was great. Went to grab my backpack and Hannah had a delay. So she was there and I'm like, Hannah, have you seen my backpack? I was looking everywhere through the house and and it's a black backpack. So sometimes if it's dark, it's like hidden in the shadows, you know, so I'm like, I have to just be missing this thing. And she's like, no, I haven't seen it. And I started recounting my steps, thinking back, when's the last time I used it? And then I was like, Oh no. <laughs> and so it's about two hours south from here. So oh, I had to drive on Tuesday down two hours down and back just to get my backpack so that I could work for the day. Cause like oh, my man. laptop's there, my notes are there, my books are in there. Everything, right. you know, everything oh, that I man. do. Um, so there's that, and then the next day, Wednesday, I I had a service I was speaking at, at Hobart, Indiana. So that's a three-hour drive. Oh wow, yeah, so that's way up north. That's where uh, Casey yeah at for a while, right? Yeah, Casey was we had a, I don't know, as a guest a few weeks ago yeah. on our podcast, but yeah, so that's where he kind of hails from. So it is a far way up there. It is, and it was a great service. I had fun there. It was awesome. Um, but so a lot of driving though this week. So that is a kind of all day. over the state this week, but um, I'm here.
1: And no one from the church saw your backpack and like called you.
0: No, so so the problem was well, it's not a problem. It's my fault. I mean, it was nobody's fault but mine. They had a table for us, you know, like like uh-huh. most churches do for missionaries that come, and we set out our stuff. Right. But they had one of those super nice um, tablecloths, those black tablecloths that stretch down along the feet. Uh, and so I put my backpack under there with my box of stuff. Uh, well, I got my box of stuff, of course, because I took it all out. Right. Forgot that I even brought my backpack in there to begin with because uh, I didn't use anything out of there. And no one would have seen it because it was covered up. And That makes sense. Um, so it was totally my fault. I mean, nobody's yeah. fault but my <laughs> own. And I was like, dang it. So I had to do that. Um, but it was all fine. I mean, got to listen to some podcasts and yeah. I that I haven't been able to listen to. So yeah, There you go. And got to, uh, Kevin went with me, you know, one of the staff members. Oh, good. And we usually do a one-on-one during that time anyway. So I'm like, hey, you want (laughs) to take an extra long one-on-one and come with me to Columbus? (laughs) So it was all good. It it worked out fine. But wow, we're 10 minutes in already. Uh, Midwest Moments. Oh. Yes,
1: uh, mine is fantastic. I actually had a friend, Jonesy, send this to me, so I got to give him credit. Okay. Um, so mine is, loud fart gives away suspect's hiding spot, which leads to arrest. Wow. Huh. So I'm really sorry, but this is from Missouri. I feel like... You have so many from Missouri. <laughs> so many. Is it the quintessential Midwest state? It must be. I mean, it is pretty... I don't know what you call it. I mean, there's there's a lot of diverse <laughs> in Missouri. Um, is there, though? <laughs> well, you have like St. Louis, so you have like your more upscale people, but then like there's a lot of mountains and stuff like that in mountains
0: Missouri. Mountains in Missouri. You're going to call those mountains like oh, the hills?
1: The hills. You know what I mean? Like, so uh, I mean, that usually brings a different type of people. Okay. 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 You know what I mean? Anyways, anyways so I'll, I'll give it to you. <laughs> uh, this is from Clay County, wherever that is. But, anyways. It says, when tracking down a suspect, law enforcement might use a canine to track down a scent, uh, but this was not necessary for a recent arrest in Missouri. <laughs> it says, according to Clay County Sheriff's Office, over the weekend, Liberty Police were searching for a person who had a felony warrant for his arrest. The person was one for possession of controlled substance. Substance, yeah. The subject hid to avoid police, but apparently let out a fart so loudly that... It gave up their hiding spot. Uh, I love this because um, uh, this is somebody commented on like, so the sheriff's office put it on Facebook um, and said, we got to give props to Liberty PD for using their senses to sniff him out. (laughs) So I thought, man, poor guy. Like I'm just picturing this guy in hiding and has to fart and like is trying to hold it in, like he's sweating and <laughs> like, like sweating. Cl- clenching his fists.
0: Here's the police around him, and then accidentally lets it go. I do. I want to <laughs> know where was he? You know, like where was he yeah. hiding in in the house? Was it a closet? Was it like under the
1: bed? It doesn't say. The article is really short. It doesn't give much information. It does have a picture, and it just shows them like on the road. Like in some sure, yeah. neighborhood, so who
0: knows? But Man, poor guy, <laughs> I just I feel like the embarrassment of you know of like he just lets this rip. If that was me, I would just stand up or I'd come out from wherever I was right. and it's just like just just come on, <laughs> just just take me. I'm like picturing
1: like if he's like in jail with other inmates and they're like, "Yo, dude, how'd you get caught?" It's <laughs> like.
0: Uh, accidentally cut one loose <laughs> uh, so that's uh that's mine for the day <laughs> uh, that's awesome so mine is not really this I was gonna say similar it's it's not so <laughs> um, Zillow listing that shows white powdery substance on kitchen counter goes viral oh my so Michigan, we have a lot from Michigan too, but yeah. a Michigan home listing that featured a home or a photo of of lines of white powdery substances caused many online to speculate whether or not it was possibly cocaine. So Zillow, <laughs> for those of you who may not be, I mean, most people have to be know what Zillow is, but basically it's an app website that shows for sale houses, pictures, you know, stuff like right. that. Well, apparently there was lines of white powdery substance all along the counter. <laughs> and so the photo... um, the photo looked uh, looked unassuming at first glance, but when you look at it further, you're like, "Hold on a second. What is that? Oh no. And it turns out that this belonged to um, a Detroit suburb area of Michigan, and this woman, um, it's it's a, it was a nice house, hundred sixty five thousand dollar house, five bedroom, really nice looking. Wow. Well, her boyfriend thought it would be funny to put <laughs> goodies headache powder. You know, so if you if you've ever used that, I mean, it, I mean, I guess I don't know what cocaine looks like. According to the TV show, I've never used cocaine, <laughs> yeah. but it's white and powdery. Yeah. So I mean, you can understand why it would look like cocaine. Right. And he's like, yeah, I was just wondering if anybody would notice, and I guess the joke got out of hand because it went viral. And oh no, I mean. It, the listing had 29,000 views oh and over God. 100 responses from people to come see the house. Oh, my and gosh. And so apparently if you ever want to sell a house, just <laughs> line up some <laughs> white powdery stuff that looks like cocaine and you'll get a bunch of hits. <laughs>
1: man. Or that, maybe
0: people will take some hits, I guess. I don't know. Yeah.
1: Remember.
0: Oh, man. that I wonder if like... The sheriff's office or something. I I wondered that too. I wondered, it's like, is this guy in trouble? Because it's like that's that's not like a minor thing. It's not like, you know, oh, they had like, I don't know, like a spider, like a giant spider or a mouse, fake mouse or something. It's like this is cocaine. This is illegal. (laughs) Right, right. Like this is illegal stuff, and you're acting. So I don't know. Yeah, I can't imagine. I mean. Yeah, it's like you shouldn't joke about that, but I can't imagine getting in major trouble. Right. But right. I I mean, I don't know. But that's yeah. uh well, those are our Midwest moments. Oh what we got today, Adam?
1: Yeah, so today we're gonna be talking about prayer, um, which we were talking about this a couple weeks ago. And um I'm sure a lot of people probably can resonate with this as far as like you ever had like things in your life like reoccur in weird ways if that makes any sense maybe what do you mean by like, that? so a couple weeks ago I went to Arkansas right and visiting with my good friend Casey and uh, we were in the car a lot together driving around Little Rock and whatnot and a lot of our conversation faith conversation centered around prayer um, I'm not sure why just kind of the way it was and it was really good conversation And so anyways, came back from Arkansas and uh, was like doing some devotional time. And uh, I don't know why, but I just kind of felt led like I'm going to read the Lord's Prayer because I haven't like obviously I grew up in a Lutheran school. And so like we said the Lord's Prayer all the time. So I knew it by memory. But I thought I'm going to kind of like study it now. Okay, is it? trespasses or debts, or how did you memorize it? Uh, We memorize it as trespasses. Okay. okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, Which is funny because, like, that's all I ever knew. And then, like, growing up, I heard somebody say debts, and, like, what are they talking about? (laughs) But it's just different. Anyways, so I thought, I'm just going to sit down and just, like, meditate and dissect or whatever you want to call it, the Lord's Prayer. And I'm really glad I did, because I think I've fallen into the trap over the years of like, you get used to saying the same thing over and over again. And it's just like habit, you know, like, oh, we're going to say the Lord's Prayer. I know that and just move on. But it was really nice just to kind of meditate on it and kind of listen for like, oh, man, I never thought about it that way before. Or like, oh, man, I noticed this, you know, looking into it deeper. So anyways, did that thought, man, that was really, I'm glad I did that really impactful. And so, like, next couple days, I'm making the worship slides for church, and the lady who helps lead worship, she's like, Adam, we're going to say the Lord's Prayer this Sunday, which we hardly ever do. And she's like, can you put on the slide the Lord's Prayer? And so I was like, oh, yeah, no problem. I thought, huh, that's kind of interesting. And so did that, and then Sunday school, we talked about the Lord's Prayer just because we were going to say it in church and whatnot. And so then that Tuesday, I go to encounter – the service for a Kai Alpha, and you were speaking, and I'm sitting there. I thought, "Oh, I wonder what Joey's going to talk about." And you're like, "We're going to talk about the Lord's Prayer tonight," and I thought, "This is weird." <laughs> so it was like a week and a half, or whatever the time frame was, like not just prayer, like not just the Lord's prayer, but like prayer in general kept coming up. I thought this is, I got the message, God, you know, like type thing. So have you ever had something like that happen? Yeah. I
0: mean, not off the top of my head, I can't think of something, but yeah, I mean, there's certainly been plenty of times growing up in church or whatever, you know, we'd be talking about something in Sunday school, we go down and I have no idea what pastor's going to preach about. And it was exactly what we were talking about, or at least along the same lines. And or sometimes, like, I've led worship for years, and I'll prepare a set, and um, I won't talk to the pastor ahead of time. Like, I know some some churches, and even we do this in, at Chi Alpha a little bit, we coordinate the songs a little bit with, like, the direction, because we try to prepare the direction of our messages um, by semester. So we kind of try to lay out, like, where we go in this semester. Right. Um, we don't necessarily write all the sermons out that far in advance, but at least like this is the direction we want to head. Um, so we coordinate our music a little bit week by week, but growing up with pastor at Northside leading worship, we never really did that very often. There was every once in a while he would ask like, Hey, could you do this song? Cause it really ties in well, but that wasn't the normal thing. But so many times we would prepare a set and he's like, these songs are perfect. And I'm like, that had to be God because <laughs> yeah. I didn't know, you know? And, Right. Um so yeah, I've had, I've had stuff like that happen before and I don't yeah. know I don't know what that means. It's I don't know if it's <laughs> yeah. like does it mean that we're in sync with the Holy Spirit? Probably in some degrees maybe. Yeah, like I don't know and I don't necessarily think it's coincidence, but right. um I think God I mean yeah, I think God like sovereignly moves often like that to to speak where he what he wants to speak and I right. think it's even confirmation a little bit when more than one person and even multiple people are kind of doing the same, like, saying the same thing, thinking the same way, going the same direction. It seems like that's a, that's a good way to see where God's heading. You know.
1: Right. And I just love how, because one of the reasons why that one day when I sat down to look at the Lord's Prayer, um, I was like, you know, I'm, I need to be better in my prayer life. You know, I think most people <laughs> probably agree with how I felt. And so I thought, well, I'm going to look at the Lord's Prayer because, like, Jesus says, like, teaches and this is how you should pray, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, like, I'm just going to kind of look at it. And one thing that stuck out to me that I really liked, and I know you've talked about this before, too, but, like, and obviously this depends on what translation you have. Okay. So, like, in the, when I grew up in the Lutheran school, at the end, we always said, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever, amen. But some translations of the Bible don't, well, I, I don't, don't think, don't
0: have that in there. I'm not sure that any translation of the Bible... Oh, well, mine does. Oh, does it? Uh-huh. What translation do you have? Uh, well, it's the book you gave, the Bible you gave me. Really? Yeah, I think. It, That's very interesting. It has
1: like an asterisk saying like okay. not all translations have this, but okay. it does add it in. Which Inter- I, thought, I don't
0: think I've ever had a Bible that has had it in it.
1: Yeah. which So I thought that was, yeah, because I was kind of surprised because most Bibles it cuts it off but right. um but anyways but no i guess if you so if you keep that in there the mm-hmm. thing that is i think is really cool about the lord's prayer and i think it ties in really well with what we talked about a couple weeks ago with uh scroggins mm-hmm. um of saying like the but the prayer starts off with like father like you are holy you know, hallowed be your name and then it ends with recircling back to that like yeah. yours is the glory the power um, in the kingdom, there's a very much like kingdom centered, right. um, around it, which I think is something that a lot of times in my prayer life, I don't always like, I guess when I pray to God, I'm usually thinking about like, Oh, what have people asked me to pray about or like what's going on in my life and like stuff like that. And obviously giving praise to God, but it's not always centered on what it should be like right. his kingdom stuff like that. And two, the biggest thing that stuck out to me is when I was looking at the prayer, I started focusing on, okay, if the prayer says this, what does it also mean that it's not saying? Mm. So, for instance, when it says, like, your kingdom come, your will be done. So I thought about it, well, it's also saying, like, what it's not saying is, like, not my will, but your will. You know what I'm saying? So, like, if you actually say that and mean that, then you're saying... God, it doesn't matter what I think, what you think ultimately matters, so like right. your will, you know? Yeah. And so I started looking at it kind of in that aspect of like, since the prayer says this, it also means this, if that makes sense.
0: Right. Yeah, It's it's actually, that whole exercise is actually a really interesting one to do, and it doesn't always work out, but, right, right. but to say like what, usually if Jesus makes a statement, then the inverse of that statement probably is also true. So it's like, you need to love your enemies. Right. So that means I can't, not love anyone. You know what I mean? Right, so like the inverse right. is true. So it's right. kind of when you look it's a good exercise to look at scripture and like what Jesus said and right. the, what the epistles are teaching us. And but yeah, I think I think prayer is a tricky thing because I think most of us we all feel like we're not doing enough or we're not doing it right or something. I, I kind of I described it a few weeks ago kind of like it's like a rain cloud that follows us around that we know that we should pray and we know that we should maybe maybe pray more or whatever that means but it's like there's a, this vague sense of guilt all the time of like oh i didn't spend the time with god like i should today or something like right. that and i'm not really sure like that's the intention of prayer you know and i think if we have if we come in that mindset of oh man i haven't prayed enough today sometimes I think that's good. It's like, you realize, like if you haven't prayed at any at all today, then yeah, probably you haven't prayed, <laughs> you know, yeah, you're right. You haven't prayed enough today. But I think sometimes that freezes us from doing anything. Cause we feel right. like, because what we feel like, you know, I know growing up, I'd hear these like crazy stories of like people were wearing the floor, like ruts into the floor where <laughs> they would like kneel down and pray, or people would pray for hours straight. And it's like, man, that's, that's tough, you know? Yeah. And, and so like, that kind of goes back to call back another episode, Drew Dix, um, yeah. Your Future Self Will Thank You, which I just finished that book, and it's phenomenal, and it's actually been a game changer in my prayer life and devotion time. Yeah. But I don't feel like the point's not to spend a certain amount of time with God. It's to spend, and I don't even like that idea because spend sounds transactional, right. but it's to be with God. Right. So it's communion with God. So that's the right. whole point. And um, oftentimes we approach prayer kind of like pagans or like non Christians, and we or like even just idolaters. So like other religions, people like you know in the Old Testament, even when people would worship idols, it was all about what what do I do to appease the gods mm-hmm. to kind of manipulate them or at least like get them in my side so that I can get what I want. Yeah, and we often approach prayer like that we would never admit it but we do we're like we think in our head like hey i read my bible this week (laughs) you know i even read it for three days in a row god you know i'm kind of i have like we almost treat prayer like it's a prayer or devotion time like it's a like one of those um hole punch cards you know and once we get to five boom blessing baby like i'm gonna get (laughs) you know what i mean and we we think of it like that a lot and that's not the point at all It's it's to be with god and communion right. with God, first and foremost, and I love that it starts with the relationship of our Father. Yeah. You know, so it's, it starts in relationship, but then it quickly shifts to hallowed be your name. And we don't use that word hallowed very often, but it's holy, set apart. Right. And holy doesn't just mean like morally good. It's not less than that, but it's more than that. So it's like it's set apart specifically. It's inherently different. So when God calls his people to be holy, it's not just be morally good. That's true. Right. But to be completely set apart and different than mm. everyone else, and our morality is part of that, but it's also because we're set apart for and because of God. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, and so yeah. and so when we approach in that our posture matters a lot. So sometimes right. I think we also get in this habit of like, yo, Jesus is my homie. <laughs> and that's I hate that. And because it's, no, it's it's hallowed be thy name. Yeah. You know, it's holy. And I, I brought this up too. And so I'm sorry for any Kai Alpha students that might be listening. It's <laughs> a little bit of rehashing the sermon. But you look at Isaiah when he had his vision of God. Mm-hmm. And Isaiah had this grand vision of God, of the angels around him singing, holy, holy, holy. And it was just like this, like he saw God and he freaked out. And he's like, yeah. he saw that. I'm like, I'm not equal with God. This guy isn't like my buddy. This is a holy God right. that's that could just smite me. Yeah. You know, it's like he's completely different than me. I'm not the same. He saw his smallness. I think that's part of prayer is we see our smallness. But it was once he had that response, God called him into his presence. Mm. You know, that fear of God, that right posture before God didn't separate Isaiah from God. It actually brought him near to him. And so I think our posture is incredibly important because if we just approach it like God owes me something or God's just my friend and I'm just going to talk to him like he's my buddy, that's partially true. So I don't want to like knock against that because I think there is a relationship there, but we always have to remember that, yeah, his kingdom come, his will be done. So we serve a holy God who's bigger than all of us, who's more grand, more holy, more awesome than we could possibly ever imagine. And even the Psalms pick this up of like, who am I that yeah. you would even be mindful of me? Yet he does call us friend. Right. And that should cause us to have awe and wonder that just leads us to worship. Right. And then suddenly when you're asking for your daily bread, give us our daily bread, you're asking for what you need. right? Not just like, can I get rich? Can right. I avoid all these hard things. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? I think it vastly changes the posture, or changes the posture changes how we approach God. Oh, yeah.
1: Well, I think you even said in your sermon, like, even Jesus
0: calling God his father
1: back in the day was kind of scandalous, right? Yeah, I
0: mean, uh, yeah, certainly people wouldn't necessarily have connected that you know because like even the jews got mad he's like right. he's like you're saying that god you're equal with god you know calling yeah. him your father and we're not saying we're equal with god right but jesus invited us to say our father yeah you know and calling us into relationships and i think yeah there's there's maybe different reasons why the pharisees were upset but the, certainly yeah right. it was not a common thing they've been like are you are you serious like <laughs> yeah when i
1: just love i think it's you'll probably know what I'm talking about because I cannot remember his name. But um, in the Psalms, it was one of the kings. It wasn't David, but it's the other, Agar? Is that who? It... Oh, the proverb, you mean. The pro- Is it a proverb? I think so. I don't remember. But anyways, it's. I'm sure you'll know what I'm talking about because I don't remember the exact verse. But um, he prays, like, Lord, don't, like, I don't remember exactly what he said, but it's like, don't give me too much, but then don't give me too little. Because like right. if I have too much, then I'll forget who you are. But if I have too little, then I'll curse your name. Right. Like, just give me what I need. Well, it makes
0: me think of the manna in the wilderness with the Israelite children, you know, or the Israelite people, you know, yeah. that God, they're like, we need food. We're starving out here. And so God gave them quail and manna and manna just means, what is it? That's what the Hebrew <laughs> word, it's just like, what is it? Like, they don't know what it was. It was like a vanilla wafer thing. I always yeah. think of like the vanilla wafer cookies. Oh. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> what I, always, I doubt that's what it was like, but that's what I always think of, but so, but he, but God commanded him, like, hey, don't gather and don't intentionally gather more than you need. Yeah. But they said those who gathered too much, like maybe they in, not, um, what's the word, inadvertently, mm-hmm. like maybe those who inadvertently c- got too much said they didn't have too much, it was enough. And those who maybe inadvertently gathered too little, it wasn't too little, they had enough. Right. But the people who tried to like hoard it, so like they said, don't, um, and they said on the day before the Sabbath, gather double because you're not going to go out on the Sabbath and gather. But they right. said those who took more than they needed, it like festered yeah. and it turned to maggots. And that's like, Ugh. Ugh. It, Ugh. <laughs> you know, it's like, that's just that's gross. But I think that's interesting. God, he's like, give us our daily bread. So the yeah. Israelites had to go out daily and get the manna. Right. And Jesus is like the bread of life. You right. know, like he was the manna, so to speak. He's saying, give us our daily bread. And so I think it's, you look at that, and I don't mean to allegorize that story, but it's kind of the same way when we only approach church as I'm getting my spiritual stuff for the week and I'll come back next week and get it. Maybe I'll even be super holy this week and go to a midweek service. Yeah. But we're essentially think of it like, can you eat twice a week and be all right? You know, Yeah. it's like, Maybe for a while you could do that, but you'd starve. you know, right. you you'd you'd wither up, you'd lose weight, you'd be unhealthy. But that's right. exactly how our spiritual life is. We need that daily communion with God, yeah. Scripture, but also prayer. Um, for whatever reason, that's God's chosen method to commune with his people is prayer. Right. and but it doesn't have to be this super like, I think we just make it a little bit too hard or we try to bite off too much. Right. You know, I think we'll get inspired. We'll hear a message about prayer and we're going to be like, I'm going to go pray for an hour. Yeah. Well, good luck. No, you're not. And I'll just tell you right now, no, you're not going to do yeah. that. And because you'll you'll start praying, you might even set a timer and you'll look up and it's been like three minutes and you're like, no way. Yeah. <laughs> and I think it's just like building muscle. You can't go to the gym and just go crazy. Right. Especially if you haven't been in a long time, you're going to hurt yourself. You're going to right. make yourself so sore that you don't want to go back the next day. Have to start small and build, and so I think there's no shame in starting like five, seven, eight minutes of prayer, or however long you can start, but don't stay there. You know, just yeah. like when you're lifting, you don't stay at the same weight if you want to get stronger. You increase the resistance over time, but right. you have to work up to it. You know, and I think right. that's the same with prayer, with with scripture reading, with just any kind of discipline. You have to start small and build, right? And I think, I mean, the one thing that I think is
1: super important is, like, integrating prayer, obviously, in your day-to-day life. But what I mean when I say that is, like, when your mind, like, goes to prayer automatically. So I think of, like, I remember when I was in youth, if a siren would go off, like, if we were, like, in a restaurant or something and, like, sirens went by, sometimes Casey, my old youth pastor, would be like, hey, let's stop and pray. Like, we don't know what's going on, but something's happening, something's right. wrong. Um, but to me that showed, wow, he really, his mind's on prayer, you know? And I think that's why it's so important. The Bible says like, pray without ceasing. And I think like, if you get into that habit of like, you're at the coffee store and you know, someone in front of you is, Mm -hmm. I don't know, annoying you for some reason, like the normal person would be like maybe judging them or like whatever. But like, if your mind is constantly on prayer, like, maybe it's like, well, I should maybe say a prayer for them or bless them or whatever, because it's really hard to think bad thoughts if your mind's on prayer. And so I found it in my own life the more I try and like integrate prayer in my life as I go throughout my day, um, I find it being more easy to weed out all the bad thoughts or things that may creep in because my mind is more focused on God. Now, it's, I mean, days are harder than others, sure. right?
0: But it's all a process. Right. Well, and I think it's about building rhythms into your day that both remind you to pray, but also, you know, that it's going to be a time you can pray, you know? So if you have a commute every morning, you know, and usually, especially if you're by yourself, that's time you can pray. You know, you can pray on your commute um, to work or from work or both. Um, You know, like if I'm walking from building to building on campus, it's like, those are great times to pray, you know, if I'm on by myself or whatever. Um, I think I get up, something that I've started doing because I know that I have to do it in the morning is I get up and it's the first thing I do. I, I changed my habit of using my phone to wake me up because I would get distracted. So I got a different alarm clock and I set it across the... I, I, and um, recently, actually, my alarm clock's been annoying me because it's like making a weird buzz. So mm-hmm. I did use my phone, but I set it all the way across the room so I have to get up and then I don't pick my phone up. I, I leave the room and I spend time with the Lord. Yeah. And I build I build a rhythm, you know, so, you, so some of that's building, but some of that, so it's like, don't reinvent the wheel. Right. I think some of us feel like we have to go in and we have to pray 30 minutes straight of this fresh, like never prayed before, just off the cuff prayer. And sometimes that's fine. And I think you can build to that. Right. But there's a lot of ways, you know, so there's a lot of ways that people have approached prayer over, you know, thousands of years of church history now. Right, and we'd be foolish not to look at them. So I mean, chiefly the Lord's Prayer. You know, there's nothing wrong with saying the Lord's Prayer every day and letting it guide your prayer. I, I do right. do that. I do that every morning. Yeah. So I'll start with Our Father in Heaven, Hallowed be Your Name, and then I kind of I vamp off of that a little bit and kind of right. you know. And then when I when I feel like I've prayed sufficiently there, I'll move on. You know, to the next part of the prayer. Um, there's right. different prayers all the way through the Bible you could use in the same way. Use the Psalms you know like i i love to pray the lord shepherd or the um yeah the lord what's it the shepherd 20 psalm 23 what's it oh um oh my gosh just the, is it just called the shepherd psalm i don't know what it's called i can't i'm i'm totally spacing out i'm too. a terrible pastor
1: i just read this yesterday too cuz of Sky's guy's devotional. Right. But through. anyway,
0: it's like... The, I can't remember. Yeah. But like, anyway, you know, the Lord is my shepherd. The, the Lord is my shepherd. Right. Yeah, the Lord like, is yeah. my shepherd. I shall not want, you know, and you can vamp off of that a little. You know, so yeah. there's different things. Like, don't make it harder than it needs to be. There's also people who've written down prayers for the 2,000 years of church history. Nobody bats an eye if we sing somebody's song. <laughs> yeah. Who they wrote, you know, Chris right. Tomlin's song, Hill song, whatever. Yeah. Everybody sings those songs, you know, people sing the hymns that have been written by other people, Right. you know, we can, we can use other people's prayers to help us guide us towards God. And, oh, yeah. um, I mean, it's the same thing if you're in a prayer meeting and someone else prays and it like moves you, how's that any different? You know what I mean? <laughs> right. It's like, it, it helps right. us, it helps us grow. And something that blew my mind, I was reading a book and talked about prayer And Dietrich Bonhoeffer, so he was a theologian during the World War II time and in Germany, and a a Nazi resisting guy. He had a seminary, and he would require every one of his students to pray two hours a day. Wow! Yeah, two hours a day, and they'd say we can't do it. Like we just get distracted, and we start thinking about other stuff. And I and I can resonate with that, you know. Like I'll start praying, and then it's like suddenly I'm thinking about the day or something that someone said or something totally irrelevant and Dietrich Bonhoeffer said then follow your mind and wherever it lands pray for that thing mm-hmm. and that blew my mind of like I never <laughs> yeah. I never one time thought that my distraction could actually be redeemed and may actually could be god sending my dirt thoughts towards somebody mm-hmm. to pray yeah. for them you know yeah like suddenly if i'm praying and then suddenly like oh yeah adam said he had you know, steak for dinner last night. And it's totally, uh, maybe I should pray for Adam, you know and, you know what I mean? And <laughs> right. that just, that blew my mind. So I think there's different ways you can do that. I set reminders on my phone. That's good. Um, yeah, I, like that. I think there's so many ways that you can build a rhythm. Um, you know, traditionally for a lot of church history, people would pray in the morning, afternoon, and evening and set times during regular rhythms and breaks like lunch, dinner, waking up. Um, there's right. so many ways that you can build, but, but not to get anything out of God. Right. You know, we don't do it to so that we can get out of God, like get on God's good side or make Him happy with us. He's already He's already on our side. Right. We already have His favor. Right. He just wants us. Yeah. And so prayer is about being with Him. And then it says the prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. Oh yeah. You know, so then I believe that's when it's it's the it's not it's not that we've prayed, you know, and we've built this. Pr- it's almost it's not like a. A video game where you've leveled up your prayer, it's like you've become closer and closer with the Lord, and there's power in your prayer because you have close communion with God, not because you're a super prayer warrior. You know what I mean?
1: Right. Well, and then that's all you want. You want more of God. Exactly. It's like like a giant life hack.
0: Yeah. We've talked about this (laughs) before on the podcast, but Psalm 37, and I misquoted it a few podcasts. I was like, I'm like, I'm sure, I am sure that... um, you know, it's somewhere between this. And I was totally wrong. It's Psalm thirty-seven, four, but delight in the Lord, and he, and He will give you the desires of your heart. Yeah, yeah. But when you delight in the Lord, it's like a giant life hack because <laughs> He becomes your desire. He's right, all you want. Right. You know, and he and you find that He's chiefly all you needed in the first place. Right. You know. Yeah. yeah. Of course, you have material needs. You might have physical needs, money, you know, financial needs, whatever. But really, your your largest need, your thing that right. you want more than anything, is the Lord. Right.
1: Some pastor,
0: I think, said this, and I don't
1: remember who um but he was talking about how like obviously the more time you spend with someone, the more time that like you like them or maybe dislike them, you know but but you know you get you get to know more of them and whatnot, but um, he said, think of like a like a youth group mission trip like sometimes like that like the group together is like this is." you know i'm not friends with any of these people you know right. i mean i can take experience from um like i went to new york city over spring break with a different christian group at ball state and um i didn't know anybody except for the leader mm-hmm. and um so like going on the trip i thought i don't know any of these people yeah. and like this is i hope this ends up okay And over the course of the trip, I got to talk with them, got to know everybody. And by the end, we were like, oh, man, this was so much fun, you know, like, we're we're so sad that, like, we have to leave each other, you know, which is weird just after, like, a few days. Um, But he gave that illustration of, like, some people, like, may go into their, like, beginning of their prayer life or their walk with God, like, "Uh, I don't know about, like, God, I don't know what's going on, things about him as much. Do I really want to spend this time with somebody I don't know? Um, but the more time you spend, the more it's like, oh man, how did I not know this? Or you know, this like precious time and what it means. Um, so I think you're right. Like the more time you spend, the more it's like, this is what I needed all along and right. just didn't know it. Yeah. Um, so I think it's cool how prayer life not only gives. I've experienced this. I know you've experienced this, and many people have. Like I've heard multiple people say, I just have this joy. Each day, that I just don't can't explain. But I know that, like, if I choose to spend time with God, whether it's in the morning or whenever throughout the day, I just have this better feeling. I don't know why. Well, I mean, we know why because it's from Him, but like, it's kind of cool to see how your attitude and your adjustment towards other things changes if you just take time to spend time with Him.
0: Right. Yeah. And so, yeah, I'm pro prayer, you know, and and part of (laughs) that that message like a bumper sticker. Yeah, I'm pro Pro prayer. prayer. (laughs) Yeah, but I'm, um, I mostly I prepared that message because I it was like, man, I'm not knocking it out of the park in my prayer life, and Uh, I was and I was and I was really (laughs) struggling and. Um, I made some adjustments, and I'm doing a lot better now. And I'm I'm still growing, and I think it's going to be something that most people always are going to grow in. But um, I don't regret it, and in fact, I feel so much closer to the Lord. I feel alive. It's like my life's still tough at times. It's not like it's not a walk in the park all the time. And it's not like you know, now that I started praying, all my worries are gone. It's like (laughs) no, they're all still there, but but I have a greater sense of who God is, and that He loves me, and that. He's proud of me that he uh, that I am loved by him. No matter if I prayed for thirty minutes today or, or ten minutes or three hours, yeah. you know, I, I'm already ha- I already have his approval. I already have his favor. He just wants to be with me, and that takes the pressure. That even takes the pressure off prayer. Oh yeah, because then I'm not trying to make God impressed with me. Right. You know I'm just right. I'm talking to my Father, and He right. is holy, and I have to remember my spot before Him. Right but he calls me into his presence. Yeah. It's
1: really cool. Pastor at church on Wednesday nights is going through Isaiah Mm -hmm. and uh, just kind of talking about, like, obviously the Old Testament's filled with the Israelites, like, falling away from God and God's, like, calling them back and whatnot. But um, we were just kind of talking about it, and Pastor just really made a big emphasis of, like, God is chasing you. Like, he loves you so much. That like sometimes we don't even realize that like we hear a lot of times people saying like are you chasing after God you know but um and I kind of had to th- I've heard that before but it just made yeah. me stop and think like yeah God is chasing me like with everything that He has um there's a study that actually I'm going through with the youth kids it's an adult study but I kind of take you know I I don't want to sure, say yeah. dumb it down but you know like for their level. But one thing that actually really touched me was um, in the study, it's all about like God is closer than you think, talking about prayer life and whatnot. And he uses the illustration from Michelangelo with God and Adam, like the famous picture. The touching. Yeah, the the touching. And there's that little gap. And he says, if you look at the picture, uh, the image of God, his arm is like all the way stretched out and he's even like leaning in. And Adam is kind of like crouched back and like his hand is kind of dangling. And he says, if you look at it, if Adam would just like lift a finger, like he would connect with God, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's kind of that picture of like, God doesn't move far away from us. It's, uh, it's us that moves yeah, far away exactly. from him. And like the Bible says, if we just like draw near to him, like he is chasing us, he yeah. will draw near. So. so it's
0: like Psalm 23 mercy and goodness yeah, pursues yeah. me all the days of my life. You know, it's like. God wants us. You right. Know, and he's made it. He hasn't made, he's not playing cosmic hide and seek. You know, it's right. a, he's made it to where we can have access to him through his son. Right. And those of us who call, are called children of God, who have accepted Jesus and are following Jesus as our Lord, right. then we have that access, you know. Oh, yeah. And it's it's for our benefit. It's not it's not like our prayers benefit God. You know right. what I mean? He doesn't right. need us. He just want. Right. He just wants us, and like. Oh yeah. I think that's that's the cool thing. But yeah. Hey, we're a. Uh, we talked a while. We did, yeah. Do you have any <laughs> recommendations? Oh man, that's right. Muncie recommended. <laughs> so I, I thought you might have forgot. So I have one. So I'll give you like. I do have one, but like I don't know if it's in the radius. Well, we'll accept it. But okay. So mine's not exactly an only Muncie thing. Oh, okay. But. I don't know how widespread these are. I know they're in different spots in Indiana, but we just got one in the village called Yat's.
1: Oh, is it there now?
0: Yeah, I haven't. I didn't know it opened. Bro,
1: it's so good. That's what I've heard. I've been oh. wanting to try it, but I didn't know if it was open. It's yet. one oh, of my man. favorite
0: places to go eat. It's it's like um, Cajun food, Creole food, you know, okay. and kind of like the Southern Louisiana style kind of food, but. Um, kind of like gumbo, you know, jambalaya gumbo kind of stuff, rice with stuff poured on top of it. And yeah. oh man, I loved it. And their bread is incredible. Mm. It's so good. Oh, man. So Ooh, I'm if you're this. in town, go down to the village close to Ball State and go try out Yats because it's incredible.
1: Oh, I know a place. In fact, I just talked about it to somebody today. Um, and I don't think I've recommended it. I don't think you've recommended it. Actually, I don't know if you like this place. Uh, It's in the village, Greeks Pizza. It's okay. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, It's fun. We had our, uh, we just got new phones at the church, and the phone guy came in today to do something. Fun fact, he used to live in Decatur, where I grew up. Hey, So that was kind of interesting. But anyways, somehow we got talking about food, and he loves Greeks, and so we were talking about pizza and whatnot. But anyways, so that's my recommendation, Greeks Pizza, which he told me if you're in Muncie, because there's one out on McGalliard, and he said that one doesn't compare to the one in the Well, that one
0: closed. Oh it did? I'm pretty sure it closed, oh, no. Yeah, that. the McGuire one closed and I'm not surprised. I ne- I literally yeah. never saw one person right, go. Yeah.
1: But he said the one in the village and there's one in Portland and he said that one's not very good. Oh, okay. But he said the one in the village is really good and I have eaten there a couple of times and I like it. It's not like my favorite pizza, like Pizza King is way better, but like it's something different. I like it. Yeah. So
0: yeah. Well, hey, guys, thanks for listening. Let us know what you think. We do have the, I just realized we never talk about our email address. We do pothole <laughs> at yeah. gmail.com. So we do have that. But leave us a like on Facebook, subscribe from the uh, Apple podcast thing or whatever you get, where you get your podcasts at. And yeah, share it with friends. Tell all your, yeah. tell all your family, all your kids, listen to us, yeah. <laughs> share yeah. it, and then leave reviews. And hopefully we can reach more listeners as this podcast goes. But thanks for being uh, active today. And I don't know what I'm saying. I'm just trying to end this podcast. So just we'll see you later. (laughs) Thanks, guys.